This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast NXT Edition with me, Al Fakador, Laurie Blake, and I'm joined by Chopper Pete Quinnell. Hello. Today we're talking about one of the weird things that happened on NXT this week with the kidnapping of Raul Mendoza and who could possibly be behind it. And we'll be talking about the picture becoming clearer for what's happening at NXT TakeOver Tampa Bay. Here's the show. But let's start with what I thought was the weirdest segment and almost the segment that passed everyone by in NXT this week. Like, it was a very dramatic show. There was a lot going on um, and a lot of really, really good stuff in it, as usual for NXT. But this one little tidbit happening to somebody so sort of down the, down the list, down the card. The picking as order. Raul Mendoza. He has a match against Kushida this evening, which he's been scheduled to lose. Kushida does the rolling arm bar off the top and taps him out. It's a pretty good little sprint. It's like a bit of back and forwards. There's a lot of Kushida doing cartwheels and kicks and that kind of thing. And Raul does some dives to the outside, which is quite fun. Um, But ultimately, Kushida picks up a very easy victory here. Mm -hmm. But slowly starting to reposition him as a credible threat in NXT. Yeah. You then have a clip after Mia Yim's match where she's outside. It's Mia Yim walking. It's like moments ago. And, and she's just, just talking to herself, being like, this is my time. I've been working for it. I'm great. I'm Mia Yim. That's yeah. basically what she said. Never yeah. mind Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> and then we pan round and two masked, suited luchador guys in like golden gear mm-hmm. leave a, a, like a Hummer or a yeah, Jeep Yeah, it's like, it's like a 4 by 4 or yeah, some like description, isn't it? Yeah. And they bundle Raul Mendoza into the car. Yep. What what happened? And then they just drive off. Yeah. And me and Ian was just like, huh, that's unfortunate. 
and yeah. didn't try to help in any way, shape, or form. Happens all the time where I'm from. <laughs> I'm the rose that grew from concrete. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that's it. yeah. And it was a really weird little thing. So like, but I thought what was intriguing about it is that it's got one. It's got shades of the Dark Order, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know. Weird lucha gimps turning up and bundling people off seems to be a very dark order thing, forcing forcing people to join. Totally. Uh, and then there are a few names sort of lurking around in NXT that then that means this could be for because we've got the coming apocalypse uh, mm-hmm. promo stuff, the doomsday stuff um, that seems to be suggesting Killer Cross with the TikTok and that and like obviously loads of crosses in those promos totally. as well. You've got King Cuerno, who's mm-hmm. been reported to have signed with WWE. He's not been officially announced as having signed I with WWE. I don't know if he's been officially announced. Maybe he has. I don't remember. But I know I know that either it's... I don't think it's been reported by WWE, but mm-hmm. it's been reported by very reputable sources that he has, in fact, signed. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the plan is for him. I don't know if they have anything for him in creative or they're just holding off for a, a visa or whatever it is of why mm. he's not debuted yet. But... There's any number of reasons why he hasn't yet, but this seems like it could very well be the start of a some sort of King Cuerno type thing because there's Luchador Mask. That's already a link mm. that puts him with it. And this seems if like... If they do an Agent Smith Luchador invasion, I'm going to be so cross. That would be hilarious <laughs> and it would prove that they watch WrestleTalk. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is okay. Agree. We already know they do anyway, but it'll be you know further confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think that... You're right with this, because you just mentioned it in the office, because I didn't pick up that this could be King Cuerno, because I kind of forgot, funny yeah, enough, yeah. that he was actually coming to NXT. But then when you mentioned, oh, it's King Cuerno, I was like, it totally is King Cuerno. Mm. These just feel like, these people weren't important. They're just wearing luchador marts, they're in suits, they're not very, they're not particularly, uh, you know, vibrant characters that you could recognize anywhere, but they're recognizable enough to be someone's goons. So mm. they could totally be King Cuerno's goons and he's trying to... And why would they target Raul Mendoza, of yeah, all people? The luchadors. The luchadors, right? So maybe he is trying to take over, have this kind of lucha faction that he's starting to you know, brainwash people into or mm. whatever it may be. There's loads of different ways they can go from it and I'm quite excited for it. I think King Cuerno is my, my number one pick for who it could be. Yeah, I, I quite like the idea that it's like a luchador-style mafia mm. crime boss syndicate yeah. thing of like, you know, suited luchadors. Because that's the thing you don't get very often in WWE, they like WWE likes their luchadors to come out and say the word lucha over and over again while pointing in the sky and holding pinatas and spinning little <laughs> things. They really like to ham up the luchadorness of luchadors. Whereas they just I love think, to have fun. But there are so many like branches of character, and I think Lucha Underground did a very good, if slightly soap opery, job of exploring the different aspects mm. of being a luchador and having very different characters, be, yes. like going from like high-flying baby faces to really monstrous heels to slightly sinister under what like underworldy heels to to uh, like crime bosses to they had lots of different branches of this kind of what seems to be in WWE's eyes one character mm, yes you, know, you, just, you are luchador you jump around and you're a luchador exactly and that is your thing so yeah. like i think having a having a masked character who is using it as a way to hide their identity and mm-hmm. to uh, control others could be a really interesting factor. I mean, obviously, it has huge shades of the Dark Order. Yes, and massively so. And, may- and you know what, maybe, it is a gi- maybe it's a jibe at AEW. Maybe it's a way to be like, yeah, yeah, well, your one's not really panned out perfectly so far, has it? Because most people have been quite down on the Dark Order until 
they started doing the join Dark Order mm -hmm. um, promo packages, and that's when it sort of slightly turned around. And then obviously the whispers started of is it, is it Raven? Is it Brody Lee? Is it Matt Hardy? And that's when people get invested because they're like, well, if it's going to pay off at something, then I'm actually bothered. Mm -hmm. um, but this could be NXT being like, well, we can just do it better. Like, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, we've got Raul Mendoza, we've got Joaquin Wilde, we've got all these guys knocking around who don't really have anything on. So, and they were just they were just lumping Mendoza and Wild together anyway. So now lump them together under a big bust guy, mm -hmm. and suddenly you've got a little faction going on. Exactly. Yeah, and then it could be join the Lucha, not brothers. Nope, that, yeah. that's taken the Lucha the people. The Lucha triangle. The, the, yeah, the Lucha triangle. That's what it is. Um, yeah, I, I think if it's not going to be like you said, this could very well be that kind of jab at. Dark Order, and if it's not going to be King Cuerno, uh, something that was brought up in the office as well was that this could have been the storyline they had in place for Matt Hardy because there was a load of talks of Matt Hardy while his WWE contract was expiring. He's been having talks about potentially going back to NXT uh, as kind of a, a perk of uh, yeah. re-signing with WWE, which we spoke about last week. Um, so maybe this was the storyline they had in place for Matt Hardy. Mm -hmm that now that he's actually gone from WWE, they've just gone, well, we'll give this storyline to someone else because it's already in place. We can kind of maybe reskin it a little bit. Mm. So maybe it was going to be Matt Hardy's own Dark Order yeah. in NXT, which they've now just taken and gone, well, we can just give that to someone else. So mm. it's still having that kind of jab at AEW, be like, we can do it better. We don't even need Matt Hardy for this, and we can make a better Dark Order than what you've got. Uh, or it could just be someone completely different that we've not even thought of yet. Yeah. It could be Killer Cross. I it don't know. It could be Killer Cross having an army of luchadors. I, just, yeah. I feel like King Cuerno feels like the could most... Could be Kona Reeves. Feels like, oh my God. <laughs> no, they would have come out in like mink coats or something <laughs> yeah. and been like, it's the finest. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think Matt Hardy's an interesting one to say that this was a pitch for because... I guess like AEW have been so heavily teasing that the exalted one is Matt Hardy and mm. Matt himself has been teasing it. It kind of almost feels like now it's been teased so much and not happened yet that it could actually just be a swerve, like a yes. major swerve because they teased Raven for a bit and now they're teasing Matt Hardy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that most likely in my head for AEW suggests that Brody Lee is going to be the exalted one because he's not so far been involved Absolutely. in the teasing. Um, but then, like, the thing with Matt Hardy is even he said it's all still up in the air. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Young Bucks have literally turned up at his house yes. in a video. Yeah. And it, so it seems like the AEW thing is basically confirmed. But this week he was saying to, I think it was Sports Illustrated, and I'll get the quote. He said, I've spoken with Impact and I spoke with the NWA. I had a great conversation just this week with Triple H. This interview was like four days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure where I'm going to go from a character spec. From a character perspective, I want to go to an Arcadia. That's where I can take the second coming of Broken Matt and build upon it. I need a canvas where I can paint and collaborate and listen. So he's basically saying... Matt's back on a brand new mission. <laughs> <laughs> so he's basically saying, I want creative control of my character. Exactly. Pretty yeah. much exactly what but he's then, saying. But then, you know, if WWE offered him that... Totally. You could, if you offered him that and money, yeah. which they have... Yeah, you know, he could stay. And and I think he does have a very strong emotional connection with WWE and I do think he wants to stay there, but he wants to be broken Matt more than he wants to stay in WWE. Exactly. And he said and, you know, and he said he's very good friends with the Young Bucks and obviously like, wants to go there and work with them and it's a brand new opportunity and it's like, you know, there are other people he knows going mm -hmm. there and and doing better than ever before. So like there is the option to go there, do stuff that's slightly different. 
and not have to get hit in the head with chairs by Randy Orton mm. multiple times. Yeah. You know, or come out as like Team Extreme Matt Hardy, which must feel like if they if you said to me now, dress up like your teenage version. I'd be like, well, I, don't, I, don't I don't want, want to. to. I don't want to have my jeans around my ankles, thanks. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to wear the whatever those, like he wears fishnet tops and stuff. Like, <laughs> the Hardy Boys gear was so weird, man. <laughs> it was so weird. But like, I think it, it's interesting if it could be a Matt Hardy story because I feel like a broken Matt Hardy with a, with a gang beneath him capturing lower level NXT guys mm-hmm. and forming a cult is a very interesting idea. And totally. And NXT obviously has history of doing cult-style storylines with the Wyatt family, mm-hmm. uh, which was brilliant in NXT. And even like anarchists like Sanity. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of, it's not necessarily a cult, but it's that kind of darker, yeah. anarchistic, culty kind of vibe with them. So they, they've done it plenty of times mm. in the past. I think, yeah, having Matt Hardy at the, at the front of it, and especially because they could be having just the luchador mask, that could even be a swerve to make you think we're dealing with luchadors and they targeted Raul Mendoza because we're dealing with luchadors. luchadors. Uh-uh. Uh, but, but we're not because we're, we've got Matt Hardy instead. It, yeah. could, it could be a complete swerve and we're going the other direction. It's one of those things where this, kind, this, this little vignette leaves open, leaves open so many interpretations to what could be going on. I think personally it's King Cuerno and mm-hmm. I think they'll probably do a, uh, a luchador thing because WWE does only see luchadors as their own little bracket. Yeah. And totally. that's pretty much how they how they run things. But like, it, I I do feel like if it was a story for Matt Hardy, I think it's not a story for Matt Hardy anymore. I think it might yes. have been part of the pitch mm. to be like, you can literally do everything you thought you were going to do creatively over in AEW, but here, like here, yes. we've literally laid the groundwork. It's all on the table. This is all that could be happening. And then he goes, well, actually, no, I'm going to go and do it at AEW because I promised them I'm going to do that. So they just go, well, we've got the story now, so we might as well run it with someone else. Exactly, yeah. I, I think that is, I, it's either going to be that or outright this is a story they had for King Cuerno. I think either way, it's going to be King Cuerno. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I, I don't see who else it could be, really. Unless it's someone completely new that we have no idea. They've even signed with WWE yet or mm-hmm. something like that. A complete swerve. I don't think it's going to be a repackaging of anyone. It's not going to be the... Iconics or anything like that. It's, it's going to be. It was Iconics. That in the would suit. be quite yeah. something. Uh, yeah. So I, I think King Quen is probably number one choice. King Quenno. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That was just one little tidbit of what happened on NXT this week. But the other, the other stuff that happened was kind of crazy because this was mm. a this was an NXT episode that emanated from the performance center Indeed. instead of Full Sail because Full Sail are having their like Hall of Fame ceremony this week in which mm-hmm. Bret Hart will be attacked. Did yeah. you know that Bret Hart got attacked for the Hall I of Fame? I had no idea. Unbelievable, what? crazy yeah, stuff. Uh, and then so they they have a fan appreciation night at the uh, performance center. I don't understand what was fan appreciation about it. It was an NXT episode yeah. at the performance center. Because it wasn't even really, same. it wasn't even really a performance center appreciation night. Because no. Johnny and Champa absolutely <laughs> wrecked it. Fucking wrecked it, didn't they? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I liked about this episode, though, is that it set up more of a clearer picture of what's happening at Tampa. Like we got, we got little influences recently where we had. Uh, Dream's sort of master plan that made no sense in my head came to fruition last week where he yeah. managed to lock himself in a cage of Adam Cole. This week, though, he says out and out, Cole, it's you I want. Yeah. The rest of this was just four on three, on two, on it, one, on numbers, 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 plan. baby. Cole, I want you. Yeah. And then you get Champa and Gargano finally sort of like, you had, well, obviously we've had the Johnny heel turn on Champa um, as the really only moment of this feud of the two of them interacting. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that that shot with the NXT title that led to the heel turn was a bit clumsy and a mm-hmm. bit slow. Yes. And this this moment on this show where they actually faced off in the performance center and brawled all around it felt like the proper reigni- reignition of that feud. Yes. And it felt like we were suddenly transported back like a year. And we're just like, oh, man, like these two are so good together mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see them have a match now. Finn and Walter seems like it's sort of on lock for TakeOver as mm-hmm. well. I don't know. I, like, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do TakeOver Dublin instead of TakeOver Tampa Bay, but I would assume Tampa Bay mm-hmm. and then Finn Balor could be UK champ. That would be great. In Dublin. Yes. Yeah, that would be great. Which kind of gives that show this the big kind of boost it might need. Mm. Um, that is if everything's not cancelled. Uh, <laughs> and then we have... Um, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, and Chelsea Green now on lock for the ladder match. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of up in the air of who the last three spots in that will go to. But you've got yeah. to assume Io Shirai has to be in there. Like she is literally the the jumpy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey Catanzaro in my head. Candice the Ray is a good option. I think. Yeah, 
She has a qualifying match next oh, week. Oh, Candice does with Candace. somebody. Somebody unimportant, which means that Candice is in the match. So we've got Candice. We've got, yep. uh, I think EO will end up in it. Yes. And then maybe Bianca. Possibly Bianca, but, but well, Bianca Belair is actually going to be having an NXT Women's Championship match against Rhea Ripley at MSG at a house show. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, a special championship match. It's like, I wonder who's going to win that. Yeah. Stop hyping matches that are happening later and then saying there are other matches for a similar stake because there is no way Bianca Belair is winning that match. No. Charlotte came to NXT this week. She's been on NXT three times recently. And she came to NXT this week to do a figure four around the ring post. Call Which back much. She looked quite good. Yeah, and it looked really good. But then, like, she's basically injured Rhea Ripley. Yep. So, I, 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 actually, thinking about actually. it, she's injured Rhea Ripley's leg. So, mm -hmm. if Rhea Ripley plays up the leg mm -hmm. in the Bianca Belair match, you could hand the match to Bianca Belair. That'd be weird. And then Charlotte and Bianca would have the match. And if, if they wanted to do a triple threat, I could see that. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be Charlotte versus Bianca at WrestleMania. I don't think. I don't think there's any way that could happen. No. No. Because I think the the house show is only on the 22nd or 22nd, 23rd yeah. or something like that. So that only gives them like, what, two weeks to before Mania? So, uh, that would be way too it's rushed. It's the kind of swerve they'd like, though, because how many, how many more showdowns with a punch can they do between Charlotte and Rhea? Because these two yeah. have interacted quite a lot, actually, mm. since Charlotte uh, ca like said, I'm cashing in the Rumble win to take on Rhea Ripley. Like mm -hmm. they've actually had a lot of face-to-face -face time and a lot of brawling. Yes. So I wonder what the next step of the story is. I don't think there's going to be one. I no. don't think there is a next step. I think it's just going to be these two really don't like each other. They just constantly are fighting. I know, but you've got to do something more. You've got you've, we've already done like we're all basically at pull apart brawl and we've got weeks left. You say got to. This is WWE. They don't they don't have to do anything. They can just be like Nothing. We'll just do the same. Yeah, nothing. See, for a see if it works. Of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so, but I don't think they've been hyping Rhea way too much. She's been appearing on mm -hmm. the main roster. I don't think there's any way they're going to throw all that out to just be like, and now Bianca Belair. Remember her from the Rumble? Like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. No, it's definitely going to be Rhea versus Charlotte. So I don't think there's any way Bianca's going to win that house show match. Uh, but the yeah, the interaction between Charlotte and, and Ripley on this show I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I loved um, it. Uh, I really like the, them getting into a brawl. Charlotte came out on top, hit the big boot, figure four around the ring post was really, really cool. Um, it's funny because it swaps backwards and forwards as well. It's quite nice, the interaction between them two, because they keep doing it on two shows a week. You get Raw where Charlotte's actually quite over and people are like, who are you, Rhea? And then she does something and people are like, oh, that's cool. And then on NXT, Charlotte turns up and they're like, you don't even go here. Yeah. Like, go, go back, back to, to Raw. Raw. Go, go back to Raw. Raw. And then Rhea's really over. I think it's quite nice that like they both legitimately can kind of coexist as badass baby faces. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Charlotte is playing a flair. It's a different character. And I stand by that. It's a flair. But you, you have two people who aren't really, they're not being dastardly to each other. They're just they just want to get at each other. Mm. There's no cheating involved. It's just, you know. I guess so. It's yeah. cheap shotting. Yes. But it feels like a uh, Austin style build. Yes. Of like, I it's more just like, every time they do something, you're like, well, that's cool. I like that. It's not just like, oh, that's how scummy, how awful. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's no like. It's about prestige rather than about yes. like 
you know, dastardly tricks. And they de definitely don't set out to intentionally injure someone, like, you know, wrapping their leg in a chair and stamping on it or anything like that. Charlotte would never do that. She's <laughs> such a clean, good baby face, right? She doesn't mind. <laughs> she can do what she likes. But this thing has not been back-referenced, that's it, really. Like Exactly! So what was the point? She's such a heel. I hate her. Well, I guess that's I the thing. So that means Bianca and, Sh and Rhea are both going into a match into this Madison Square Garden match with yeah. injured legs from Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. So actually, that's very, Charlotte's very thing. even Stevens. <laughs> yeah. It's anyone's game. That's what yeah, it is. Could really be anyone. <laughs> um, so on the, on the front of other things that happened on the show uh, that set up Tampa Bay, mm -hmm. you had Velveteen Dream's promo with Alan yep. Cole, which I thought made little to no sense. Correct. It was a, it was a, it was a riddle that he didn't know the answer to because mm -hmm. he was like, there are four, I see four little guys in the ring. One, two, three, four. Three eyes looking at one man, <laughs> one heart, one soul, <laughs> one spirit. It was a, it was one a strange. Like it, it was mental. It was a strange promo. Because then he was like, you know, I put your, put your family on my tights, but that didn't mean nothing. And he chucked the tights away. Roddy Strong, you're not important to me. And it's like. Which, which still doesn't make sense because Velveteen Dream's thing is putting things on his tights. Mm. That's what he does to mess with people's minds. And he's like, doesn't matter. It's just tights. It's like, way to undersell your entire gimmick. The whole mm. thing you've been doing for like three years. Like, geez. I, yeah, it was very strange. He's like, this doesn't matter anymore. I, Ed, Ed, Cole, NXT title. It's like, that seemed like a really ham-fisted way to get to where you want to get to. Yeah. I think the plan should have been more genius. Yes. Like, the, there needed to be more to the plan uh, to get to... I, I like, I'm excited for the match. Totally. I just think the way we've gone about getting there has been a bit silly. Yes. And, like, maybe he should have said, really, like, at some, like we said last week, some, at some point you've got to acknowledge the fact that, like, Roderick Strong... Yeah, he injured you and he took you out for ages with that drop off the truck. But he was only doing it under the orders from Adam Cole. And exactly. just saying and saying like that's what was missing in this promo. It's like it's cool that you're going like, yeah, well like, it's actually always been about the NXT championship and that's what I'm looking at with all five of my eyes or whatever <laughs> it is. Like but really I'm in this for two reasons. One is the championship and the other one is because you're the ringleader and you tell these goons what to do. So I only got injured because of you and not really Roddy because mm -hmm. Roddy doesn't matter. Yes. That makes yeah. sense because it wasn't Roderick Strong's choice to chuck him off a thing. It was, it was Adam Cole doing it. Exactly, yeah. And I think that would build a better feud here. That would make more sense and, and make, make, make this feel less confused. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I think that he comes back and he attacks all the Undisputed Era, obviously then goes after Roderick Strong, then ends up in the cage match with Strong, then swerves and is like, no, it's Adam Cole now. So I, it makes me wonder, did they not know what they wanted to do for TakeOver? It's, it's, it's possible, really. I don't know if they had other plans in place for the NXT Championship match, and they were like, I can't do that. Maybe they wanted to have something with either Gargano or Ciampa or mm. Balor, and they were like, uh, no, we're not going to do it. We're going to have uh, Ciampa and Gargano... Uh, Gargano's going to turn, feud, we'll fin yeah. finish that feud, we're going to have Balor go after Walter instead. So I guess we could do a Dream, but it seems like it was more of a last minute decision with that. Because I, I, I understand Dream wanting to get back at the Undisputed Era because they're the ones who put him on the shelf. But that felt like it was kind of a line under it. We had the cage match, you're like, right, that's the end of that, mm -hmm. him getting back at the Era. And that's when he did the swerve to go after Cole instead. So I don't know whether that was kind of, uh, not an audible, but that was made kind of in that week leading up to it, where they just said, actually, we need an NXT championship picture. We could have Dream. He's already involved with the Undisputed Era. Yeah. Let's have him do the swerve in the cage, which was a great swerve. It was a great moment in the cage to have him, you know, drop Strong out and then be like, 
Just kidding, it's yeah, cold. I thought that was a cool finish. It was, it was a great finish, but it just needs to have that substance behind it of that logic of why it now doesn't matter to get back at Roderick Strong anymore. Yes. Which kind of got felt a bit confused this week. But I am still very much looking forward to Dream Cole at TakeOver. Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm really liking the, the, the rest of the card. Like you said, we had the the had a promo for Walter, and we had Finn Balor holding up a passport, being like, "I'm not going to get coronavirus, hopefully." I'm um, coming home, and I <laughs> might not be coming back. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, da it's dangerous to fly back now because you might not be exactly. able to go back for two weeks. Yeah, so you might exactly. miss takeover just by quarantine. Exactly. Yeah, and 30 day travel ban. Let's hope that. Ireland that and the UK into... doesn't get. <laughs> Admittedly, he's Cut already off. filmed it and he's gone back, so it's yeah, fine. But so... <laughs> kayfabe, man. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Balawater, I, I, there could be no build for that match, and I'd be mm -hmm. like, I, my favorite match of the night. Like, I'm I'm so into that match. I'm so ready yeah. for it. Balor's I don't care gotta, if it's Balor's got to win that. Balor's got to win, he's man. He's got to win that he's match. He's got to win because otherwise, no one else can beat Walter. Like mm -hmm. realistically, until you build someone of Balor's caliber, yeah. Balor's caliber. Say that five times fast. Balor, <laughs> Balor, then no one can really beat Walter. Yeah. Because the only person who could beat Pete Dunne was a star the caliber of Walter. Who's going to beat Walter? Because Pete Dunne yeah, couldn't do it. Yeah. So it's got to be someone like Balor, right? Well, I think I think Balor makes sense because I think clearly this is the this feud is the crossover feud of the month. Yes. And then the month before it was Kushida and Walter, and then mm -hmm. before that it was, or sorry, in between that it was Undisputed Era and Imperium. Yes. There has to be an NXT UK crossover feud now every so often. And because, Devlin with the Cruiserweight. Because of the well. BT Sports stuff, so they mm -hmm. need a couple of champions who are going to appear on the American show to drive interest in NXT UK and in the takeovers that they're putting on. I think Balor makes the most sense to win because then you've got a Ireland, an Irish champion for Takeover Dublin, who's going to come out as a main roster star who went back to NXT, turned heel, became one of the hottest things in the brand, and is now the champion. Yes. In his home, in like his home country, he's going to get perfect. a massive pop. It'll be it'll be unbelievable. Um, also on this show, we've got uh, Damien Priest attack Keith Lee after Cameron Grimes' hat took a terrible tumble from oh. the. From, God. The, from the ring post. How has the hat got so over? Medics! Medics! <laughs> Get like, the medics! Like, the hat has fallen! As soon as the hat dropped to the floor, the whole crowd were like, Oh no, the hat! I love it. I like, do, how I do how actually, has it got I so over? I do actually like that. But Okay, I still hate the hat. Yeah. I like the gimmick. But it if just it was goes a different hat, I'd be okay with but it. But it's funny, because it just goes to show how like you can do, you can do an object getting over. Mm without it being Eric Rowan's mystery cage of wonders. Yeah. That then they go, it's an, an it's an animatronic spider. Mm. And then next week they're like, just they're not even calling it a spider. They're not even mentioning it. And then Drew just kills it. Kills the thing in the cage. Whatever's in there, we don't know. It's, yes, it we was do. A spider. It's a spider. Yeah, yeah. But then the hat falls off the ring by itself, basically. And mm -hmm. everyone goes nuts. Not the hat! No! It was great. But uh, Keith Lee didn't even turn heel for me. It was great because mm. he pushed Cameron Grimes into it. So really, it was all Grimes' fault. Exactly. God, i got to protect the hat, man. That's how Keith Lee turns heel, though. He crushes totally. the Totally. Yeah. That's it. Crush the hat, yeah. I mean, he, it felt like he almost did for a second because it was like he he gets attacked by Damien Priest at the end of the match. The nightstick, Dominic Dijakovic runs Priest off, gets the belt, and goes to give it back to Lee as like a sign of respect. Mm -hmm. Lee, not knowing who attacked him from behind, picks up Dijakovic and just hits the spirit bomb mm -hmm. and then walks out to rapturous applause. But it's still just like, 
Oh, oh! Didn't uh, didn't see that one coming. I smell a feud restarting. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped for this. I thought this is a really effective angle mm -hmm. to set up a triple threat for Takeover, which is going to probably be Lee Priest and Dijak. Mm -hmm. There seems like the way they're going. I don't think Cameron Grimes is going to be involved. No, I think it's going to be big guys who fly. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think that that is this was Cameron Grimes' shot at the North American title. He got beaten clean, so. Mm -hmm. kind of back of the line for him I don't think he's going to be involved in this it's not going to be a fatal four way it is going to be those three and I thought this was a beautiful way to set it up because now Lee has beef with Priest because he attacked him from behind Dijak already has history with Priest and now Lee has tons of history with Dijak and now uh, Dijak ha now has renewed beef with Lee because Lee attacked him for basically no reason so, yeah, exactly. so now they all kind of hate each other again mm -hmm. it's, it's a masterful way to set up a triple threat and I think it's going to be a bloody fantastic match exactly. too. Exactly. The match I'm most excited for though, and the match I now, my, I wasn't really into the heel turn with Johnny. Mm -hmm. I wasn't massively into the uh, promo of Maro last week. Mm -hmm. I know you were. I was. Uh, yeah. But now I'm back on board. Yep. Now after that final brawl this week's episode, I am suddenly just like, I'm right back on the Champer and Gargano train. <laughs> I want to see them kick the shit out of each other mm -hmm. in myriad different ways. Because this week, the escalation of that feud felt like it suddenly got real. And it's a difference that's interesting because, because they're at their home base in the performance center, clearly there was much more conversation of like, yeah, you can wreck that, you can wreck mm -hmm. that, wreck that, we'll get a new one break that, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, when you're at full sale, they're clearly like, don't want to spoil the university for the students. But exactly. you know, here it was just like, yeah, fine. We'll, we're going to wreck the coffee room. We're going to wreck the meeting room. We are going to put your head through the door of the gym. We're going to spray you with a bunch of stuff. We're going to smash the mirror, which I thought was the really big. That, that was, was a really that was the cool, cool moment where he chucks the two weights at him and it smashes the mirror as Johnny runs out of the way. Awesome. Great spot. But it felt like, you know, that felt like an extra layer of realism to what was already, you know. This is this is a this is a segment that ended with Champ doing the running knee with a chair through a barricade, and then air raid crashing Johnny off the weird crow's nest perch thing they use, mm -hmm. clearly getting ready for Tampa, yeah. and then through the announce table. So like that that was already pretty like extreme for a Wednesday night episode mm. of NXT three weeks out from the show you're hyping, right? But those little bits of like that door smashed and that broke and this broke and the offices are fucked and they've pulled all this stuff off the walls actually felt like like real wrestling to me in the sense of like these guys really hate each other. Yeah, and I, I think it was really well done because we've seen these bits and pieces of the performance center through video packages and we've seen people training there mm -hmm. and things like that. And then just to see them pristine, go in, yeah. it's pristine. It's all very well made and clean and well kept. And then you see these guys come in. We're going to smash this door. We're going to, like, even like the uh, like the weights bars that they have that were all standing upright, they just push them over onto another like set of weights. It's like, this feels like they've just intruded on this space. Mm. It was really well done. Even the very first thing that happened, because it started with Champa coming out and cutting a promo in the ring. Gargano comes up on the screen. He's cutting a promo from somewhere in the performance center. Champa's like, I know where that is. I'm going to go find you. Yeah, so he goes yeah. out backstage and goes into the office. And the very first thing that happens, Gargano pushes a chair at Champa, dodges it out of the way, and pushes Gargano into the wall, and the wall just caves in yeah. immediately. First thing is like, there's a massive dent in that wall. We're going to need that fixed. I was like, already, I'm like, right, this feels like 
real because yeah, this is it. This is yeah. in an office where they've just wrecked a wall, and then it just escalated. Like they went, they went to the you know the the medics. They went to the um the the gym. They went all over the place, smashing and breaking yeah. stuff. There was a crutch that got smashed over Johnny's back. Like it was a it was a it was a fun brawl in and of itself. Mm. Just from a a brawl standpoint, it was really fun. But having that extra layer of being at the performance center mm. and somewhere that we've seen be kept very pristine and very clean, and suddenly it's all smashed up and ruined was great. It added that extra layer and it felt, like you said, very real. It and felt it, like the backdrop of those old WWF adverts where it's like, here at WWF and everyone's right? flying out of windows <laughs> yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It felt like the exact back bit of that. And they must have people coming in like immediately to be like, let's put the gym thing back up. Yep. We need that tomorrow. Like, Not only do they have to rebuild all the rings in the main room and put all the chairs away, they've got to now fix all the walls mm -hmm. and all the other stuff. Yeah. I just thought this was like... It was so cool to yes. have this brawl happen like that and just spill out. The only thing, literally, the only thing I didn't like about it was the fact that Johnny skyped in from the room next door. <laughs> yeah, and it was like this was a dumb idea. Like, yes, you know, to be like, oh, Champa, I'm gonna. He's like, oh, of course I know where that is. Like, yeah. I work here too. <laughs> Idiot! Like that'd be like you skyping into this from our office over there and being like, "Oh, I'm you in don't a mystery know where place. I am." That's my desk in the background. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I thought even despite that, I quite liked the way it was just set up though because it made it didn't from the way I saw it, it didn't make Johnny look dumb. It made Champa look smart mm -hmm. for him to to know where that is. Sure, I'm just gonna come get you then instead of being like. I think there's several segments on like the main roster, for example, where someone will be on the Tron, quite clear where they are, and they'll be like, grr, they're standing in the ring I'm like, wait, yeah. I'm, I will watch you do what you're doing. Or if they're like doing something like traumatizing someone they know, they'll be like, oh, how dare you? It's like, go back there yeah, and go find, find them. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I thought it just made Champa look smart rather than Johnny look dumb, mm -hmm. which I think is a fine line, but I think it came off right. But like I said, super into this feud, super into this match now. I thought the brawl was great. That takeover card is looking really bloody good. Yeah. Good God. And we're potentially getting a uh, triple threat tag match, maybe. Yeah, totally. So we've got Undisputed Era, Undisputed Era faced off against the Broserweights this week. Mm -hmm. uh, and they almost stole it a couple of times. Uh, Cole, and got, Cole and Strong get ejected from ringside. They dump Dunnan into the crowd. Uh, the UE hit the Chasing the Dragon mm -hmm. on Riddle, but he kicks out at two. Which was great, uh, great near fall. Grizzled young vets come out and they interfere. They clock, I think it was Riddle or Dunn. I think it was Riddle, Dunn. I think. I think it was Riddle. They clock Riddle as he like leans through the ropes. Then they get a roll up and that's a close two as well. Mm -hmm. Crazy. And then they tip Fish over into the into the vets and then on Kyle they hit their double finish and pick up the win. So the Broserweights stand tall in the end after have, after like sustaining themselves through basically three rounds of interference. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. It makes, but it makes the Broserweights look awesome, which means that I think, like to me, says that it's gonna be Undisputed Era and the Vets at TakeOver, because then it's like, they don't even have to be pinned to lose the titles mm -hmm. kind of vibe. Yeah. And also because that would be really fun. Yeah, totally. And I could I could actually see Grizzled Young Vets winning it. Mm -hmm. I think, and they could pin Undisputed Era to do so, to look really cool, to be like, most dominant tag team of NXT history, we just pinned them, and, but Broserweight still have the beef of being like, we never got pinned, so we really want to get that rematch for that tag and title shot. And you can shot. build a solo feud, but then, exactly. but then all of Undisputed Era, basic bar strong, are on the TakeOver card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think, I think that would be a great story to tell. They set it up really well here. 
I bloody love triple threats as a whole. Mm -hmm. I think they're great when they're done right. So I'm I'm well in. And yeah, on top of that, and then we've got the women's ladder match. Yep. We've got the Gargano Champa match. We've got the NXT Championship match. We're gonna have a North American title triple threat. Like there's yeah. so much going on on this card that is absolutely stacked that some people might say, yeah, you did the, the point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm I'm so into this takeover. Mm -hmm. I genuinely cannot wait for it. Fingers crossed it doesn't get cancelled. Fingers crossed. Mm. So, Laurie. Yes, mate. So, uh, yesterday in the office was a very big day mm -hmm. for many reasons. But one of those reasons was because at lunchtime, we did the very first installment of Luncheons and Dragons. Luncheons and Dragons. Which is still the greatest name in the history of ever. You're welcome. It's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, we actually just played D&D &D for like an hour, mm -hmm. just having fun with it. So I swerved the book in. You did. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. It was the first time that Ollie and uh, Andy have ever played D&D, &D, uh, and Adam is not super familiar with it. Mm -hmm. He's familiar with board games and role playing and stuff like that, but not necessarily the actual mechanics of D&D. &D. Uh, you and Luke are obviously quite uh, well-versed. Adept. In, uh, adept at D&D. &D. And I was the DM for this one. Mm -hmm. So I planned this fun little romp for them to have. It's like, hey, you guys have been given this item. Go and deliver it to these other people. And in the way, there's going to be a couple little obstacles. Fun little things. It's nice and easy. Eases the people in who've never played D&D &D before to get an idea of how it goes. Uh, all I have to do is not open the box that they've been given with the item that's going to be delivered. Don't give people Schrodinger's box and be like, don't open it. I'm checking there's a cat. Of course, yes. Is it in existence? Almost. Is it, is it both things? It, dead or alive, some yeah. may say. Uh, almost immediately, you said, I'm going to open the box. Uh, luckily, uh, you and Adam's character uh, lost in the contested strength check to make sure that uh, Ollie's character kept the box and said, no, we're not opening it. We've been paid money to go <laughs> yep. deliver it, so I'm going to strap it to my Stupid back. Stupid paladins. I know, yeah. He's, he strapped it to his back and said, I'm going to take care of it. Let's go. And as you made it, you got to the first obstacle on your path, and immediately while everyone was distracted, you said, right, I'm going to open that box now. <laughs> 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 Which was fantastic. So we had one character going off to try and sort out this first obstacle. See if there we, was an ambush. See, yeah. see if it was an ambush, because there was like some collapsed wall in front of you. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, you in the back had just picked up this sword, which turns out is cursed, because that was the punishment for opening the goddamn box that, you, that was going to be delivered. Whatever. It, it was this cursed sword. It created this. It was a reskinned shadow demon that I that I used, uh, and with buff stats and things like that. And, uh, and then you guys had this massive fight that took up the whole hour of this session just fighting this shadow demon yeah. instead, which was, I thought, very fun. It's best to beat the boss first, I find. Oh, yeah, and the, then do, the and, final and boss then, fight. Yeah. And then do the level. Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, we've, we've got uh, another installment of that probably next week sometime. Well, maybe not, actually, because we're not going to be coming in the office anymore. Yep. But we'll be doing it at some point. Well, we've got a, a part two to that. But uh, yeah, you guys really, really just kind of derailed that straight off the bat. Welcome to D&D &D with me. Absolutely, yeah. But it was very fun. This is why I'm, I'm normally a very antagonistic character mm. who will mess with people. Yes, absolutely. And I think my current character, my new character, is likely to do that. Yes. 
Very I'm, much so. I'm surprised I did like I was going to let Andy die as well. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's pretty. Yeah, and yeah. That's Lirio's thing. He mm -hmm. doesn't. He doesn't like pretty things. Yeah, because only uh, your patron can be beautiful. Is that yes, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So my warlock pa my character is heavily scarred. Mm. Uh, was heavily scarred in a, in a bit of a love rival battle and. Mm. Um, Looked for solutions that were magical, non-magical, none of them worked, no creams, no balms, no nothing. And then decided, uh, then snapped in a fit of rage after using magic to make himself appear beautiful again, but lost his concentration while on a date with a woman. Mm -hmm. She screams when his scars come back out and he snaps and they don't have a very good time. <laughs> uh, and that leads him to the, uh, into the arms of his patron, who is a, a fae who's very beautiful but wants to be the only beautiful thing in the world and therefore appreciated as the most beautiful thing. So drives Lirio to, while making Lirio beautiful as the sort of like the hook mm -hmm. to be like, I will make you permanently beautiful without having to concentrate on it, except when he's using the hex blade, funnily mm -hmm. enough, because his scars come back out. Uh, but Lirio has realized that the, that price is probably a little bit high because now he is, very pretty and very handsome. Yes. But can't enjoy other handsome or beautiful things because he's compelled to destroy them. Exactly, yes. Uh, and Andy and smashes mirrors whenever he sees them. And always smash mirrors. Uh, yeah, and Andy's character is quite attractive. So yeah, I was very curious. As soon as uh, you, we were, went around the table and describing characters, and Andy was like, oh yeah, my character's really beautiful, really attractive. I instantly gave you a glance. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> that's right. You don't have to kill him. Just make him permanently well, well, no, disfigured. I just, have, I just have to disfigure him. It's fine. Yeah. And, and that is perfectly reasonable, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure he'll agree I'm to I'm sure it. there has to be, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, there's probably going to have to be some roles in there somewhere to decide if I've got the willpower to resist mm. what the patron's saying. But oh, yeah, I feel totally. like the patron's going to dock my magic otherwise. Yeah, totally. But then Andy's character nearly died, which was hilarious. Stupid wizards. I know, yeah, they're so weak. Uh, because I, I, as like a final last ditch effort from this shadow demon that was nearly dead, uh, it decided to attack the weakest thing and it managed to get a critical hit. So it did way more than I was mm. anticipating. And it just knocked him unconscious and then made him fail a death saving throw immediately afterwards, which was fantastic. Here's a question. <laughs> here's, okay, so here's a question to people yes. behind the curtain because it doesn't matter anymore, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would dispel magic have stopped the curse? Uh, it depends what level you cast it at. <laughs> Would level three have stopped it? No, it, no. In fact, yeah, you guys wouldn't have been powerful enough because you need a very high level. So I thought it. Well, I thought it wouldn't have. That's why I didn't cast it. Yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't have because it. I was mean, I should have. Quite strong magic. I should have realised that I get to freely cast detect magic. Mm. So I should have done that on the. Probably should have done that first. But I was already like, woohoo! And then I, I would have been like, there's some really bloody strong necrotic energy going around this sword. Just so you know, um, before you. I don't know it who up, wants but, that, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I guess we didn't say that. It was a sword was in the box. Oh yeah, and, and I picked it up And it was a very cursed sword uh, that immediately spawned the shadow demon as soon as you touched it, which was good going. We're, and and that shadow demon brandished that very sword at you, uh, which I thought was it's quite just, fun. It's just my jam. I just like to wind people up. <laughs> uh, well, there'll be more stories of Lunches and Dragons when totally. we get through to the next round of that game. Whenever which that will be. be. Whenever that will be. Yeah. But if you... Uh, are listening to a Wrestle Talk podcast for wrestling stuff. We've got mm. plenty of wrestling stuff because there's going to be the magazine show tomorrow. <laughs> AEW is also happening later today. I think that'll actually be out before this, though. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got Saturday with Pete and doing SmackDown. Then yeah. we're back on 
Raw on Tuesday next week. Yeah. No pay per views this week. Thank thank God. Yeah, that. Um, If you do want to listen to more D&D stuff, I might be launching a D&D podcast very soon. Cheeky plugs. I know. It's very exciting. I'm not going to tell you the name of it, though, because it might be still a work in progress. I don't know. But we did record the first episode yesterday, Mm. and it went very well, which we thought was going to be a test run. And then at the end, we were like, this should probably be episode one, actually. Oh, so we're gonna go. we're gonna launch that at some point. Stay tuned because it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's a fun D and D podcast. If you want to hear us talk about D and D, me and my mate. All right, see you later. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.